day. Good day. <laughs> All right. I don't know. There was a Naomi Watts commercial on. <laughs> sure. Made me think about Australia. Was it just a commercial for Naomi Watts? No, it was for some skin thing that will make your skin bouncier. Oh, I see. They literally said bouncy skin. Yeah. And I was like, is my skin supposed to bounce? Well, like, yeah, like, are people playing ping pong on you? Like, what is the point of this? Well, not that you know of. <laughs> well, no, that's true. <laughs> All right. So this is our recap of Downton Abbey Season 6, Episode 6? Five? Four. <laughs> I think it's definitely over over four. All right. Maybe it's six. Hang on. Let me see. I have all that. One, oh. two, three. Uh, four. Okay. I think this is episode five. Okay. Sorry that we are bad <laughs> at counting. Apparently so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. So, uh, we started off, you know, with the ITV lady saying over a, you know, tableau of ballerinas. <laughs> sure. For some <laughs> Another I, one was a bunch of pigeons. Yeah, ITV. What stoner is in charge of your <laughs> uh, of your bumpers? Anyway, they were saying, uh, you know, up next on ITV, shocking scenes on Downton Abbey. And we were like, what? Yeah, we're like, really? We were like, nah. Yeah, we're like, we're beyond being shocked. <laughs> yes. Uh, but spoiler alert. We were quite shocked. We were very shocked. We were shocked nearly to tears. Yeah, we were. Yeah, very shocked, especially with the contrast of everything leading up to that was decidedly unshocking. Oh, my God. It was the most like it, I'm like, what, what happened to stories and dramas? Yeah. And anything being even remotely interesting? Yeah, it's crazy. It's turned into Big Brother Downton. <laughs> uh, before that, uh, commercials. Mm hmm. Y'all have an online uh, grocery called Wait Rose. We yeah. were very confused what that was for. We were. It was like about autumn and like... Food and also your family. Right. And having... Well, and then when I found out what it was... Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Sure, sure. You know, we're all lazy. I get it. <laughs> um, then there was one for something that I didn't get, but it's all about teas. Yeah. Like, it's all about having tea. And I think they they make frozen potato products, I think. Maybe, but like, that's what you have at tea. That seemed to be essential. You know what? Okay, here's my thing. So it's like, okay, so you have breakfast. Mm -hmm. You have lunch. Mm -hmm. You have tea. Then you also have supper? I believe that tea is uh, a variety of things depending on... Well, I know there's a difference between, say, like a high tea. Right. And just like a tea. Yeah. But I, I always thought tea was just like, oh, we're going to have like some biscuits and tea. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have, you know, supper at a reasonable time. Yeah. But I'm not sure that that's true. I think in some cases tea replaces supper. But I honestly okay, don't Okay. So know. anyway... All this is to say, uh, cousins, if you are in the UK or anywhere else that practices, uh, tea. Yeah. Uh, we would very much like to hear your story. <laughs> yeah. We're not being an all facetious. No, no. Uh, up yours downstairs at gmail.com mm -hmm. or at five Maggie Smiths on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, or you can leave it in comments, uh, on Facebook. Yeah. Up yours downstairs exclamation point mm -hmm. on this open thread. We just don't have a great sense of how tea functions. Uh, in the everyday culinary lives of y'all. Right. So we would like to know that. Yeah, we would. That would be great. Yeah. Anyway, um, some great Rimmel London. Like, we saw a bunch of stuff we hadn't seen before. There yeah, was almost, it's true. There was almost no insurance commercials today. Yeah, that's a good point. And previously, it had been all insurance commercials. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so, what we were just saying, 
British commercials are just so British. They're so British. And I know American commercials are exactly the same. Yeah. Where like they'll be playing like and it's like for Mrs. Dash. Like there's not a good reason for us to feel patriotic about spices. God damn it, she's a great American. <laughs> if you say so. Before her, people had to combine various spices. It was so tedious. It's true. Laziness and spice. That should be their, <laughs> that should be their motto. Yeah. Uh, yes. And just, I think less dubstep. Yeah. In the commercials, for sure. I think the, the music is part of the, 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 the demographic. Abbey. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it did seem like gentler music. Than yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Have. It was very much like, oh, like, yeah. Although, again, even more so, the only commercials we tend to watch in America are during sporting events. Yeah. So, so those like are all the like, most... are you ready for some hummus? <laughs> We're like, why? Some people say hummus isn't manly, but we punch them. <laughs> hummus! <laughs> stick it in your pants! <laughs> anyway. This message brought to you by Bros for Hummus. <laughs> Humble bro. Okay. Okay. Listen, commercials, great. Britain, you're really, uh, you're doing awesome. Yeah. As far as advertising is concerned. Okay, wait. One last thing. All right. What the fuck is up with that family that shops at Tesco's all the time? <laughs> I, they I were so annoying. I don't... Uh, were they a family? Or they were. Okay. They were a family. All right. If you had listened, you would know. <laughs> no, because the mom... So the first one... Right. They're like, oh, this cornflakes, it's too expensive. But like Tesco's is like, listen, you shit heels. <laughs> <laughs> we're Tesco's, you motherfuckers. <laughs> No, but it's like, you know, it's like a price match guarantee yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, sure. And then the second one is like, oh, if there's more than one person ahead of you in line, they will try to open another lane. Right. Which to me seems like a waste of time, Tesco's, <laughs> but I bet they don't really do it that no, often. Anyway, but like then it's just like them all reacting and like the dad ate a grape and he's like freaking out that he ate a grape before he paid for the grape. But you're buying the grapes anyway. Yeah. I Look, man. And I don't think they necessarily sell grapes by the pound. Yeah, but maybe they do. Anyway... Britain. Yeah. Get that family in line. <laughs> they are a disgrace to the crown. <laughs> All right. Speaking of disgrace. Yes. Speaking of the crown. All right. Let's recap this episode. Okay. Uh, the pig man is dead. Long live the pig man. Right. So Mr. Mason. Who, by the way, has all along, as everybody's known, been very good with pigs. Oh, yes. Yeah, we totally all knew that from the beginning. That wasn't a sudden last minute retcon. Right. Well established. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, he thought Daisy was a pig. That's how good of a pig man he is. He sees the pig-like in humans. So he's moving in and Daisy's like helping him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's his name? Andrew. Andy. Andrew. I, I, yeah. I think Carson calls him Andrew. Yeah, I think you're right. And I he think would. we're all supposed to call him Andy. Whatever. Psh, let's call the whole thing and. <laughs> um, and Mrs. Patmore is there. She's brought them all a hamper of tea. This is one of many scenes where multiple members of staff are away from the house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, does anybody do any work anymore ever? No. At all. They just got a bunch. Even in the slightest. They just got a bunch of Roombas. Like- and- <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that pretty much handles it. What is a Roomba? <laughs> so they're all there getting him settled in. And Mary and Tom stop in on their way to their adventure, which we'll get to shortly. Sure. But, you know, Mary's like, oh, are you too weak for the pigs? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mr. Mason's like offended. And I'm like, you are pretty old, dude. But yeah. then Andy's like, oh, I, we already talked about this. I'll help him. Right. 
because Andy has developed an insane love of the country. Uh, and I think of Daisy. Yeah. So it's yeah. clear that this is heading toward a future where he marries Daisy. They have the farm, you know, la di da di da di da. You know, Mason dies comfortably surrounded by his pigs. <laughs> it's not nice of you to say that about Daisy. <laughs> Anyway, um, so he's moving in and he offers Andy some books to read. Yes. And like they get very graphic they, yeah, about well, pigs. They're like, uh, you know, if you need to pull a boar off a sow and separate the piglets. Right. And I'm like, this sounds like a dirty business. It does. Also, man, let the boar and the sow have their fun. What's come on? Well, I think <laughs> I it's about, no you know, it's like if you're like even whatnot. as humans, if we're like ovulating, like you want to have sex, for, like not too much. Uh, look, I, I'm sure there are good, you know, animal husbandry reasons for it. So he gives those books to Andy, mm-hmm. who uh, we see with one. And Thomas is like, oh, you know, what are you reading there? We've also found out a lot of really inconsequential shit happened in this episode so we'll be kind of pulling that into the bigger threads yeah so we saw andy talking to the bateses about how he knows that thomas is gay and he's like i don't want any part of that yeah and again given thomas's track record of tongue jacking uh (laughs) footman yeah i kind of don't blame him Mm -hmm. you know anyway so thomas is like oh you know who's that book by and andy just like shows it to him we're like oh the classic the footman can't read story (laughs) right so anyway, he then is like in bed, like he's going to bed and he's like thrown the book and like yelled uh-huh. because the book bounced back <laughs> and hit him in the face. Yeah. When it's like, what, was he just looking at it like as if by looking at it, he would learn to I, read? I honestly kept, think that's what he was doing. I think you're right. And I, that's on fellows in name. Yeah. Like that's not a thing that people do. <laughs> no. If all, and he says all he knows how to do is sign his name. Like, hey, you're illiterate. Yeah. You're not stupid. Right. Agreed. So Thomas is like, oh, hey, look, I'll teach you to read. And then Andy's immediately like, oh, I've been mean to you. And Thomas is like, Psh, I get it all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's great. He's going to learn how to read, uh, yep. which is and fine because, you know, Daisy learned calculus in like a day. And, yeah. You know, what so, little good that may do her. Yeah. Well, now she uh, nothing. She, her life has not changed anyway. Yeah. Well, she's going to move into this farm. Maybe. I don't she's know. She's very resistant. She's so weird. She is pretty weird. She's just, she's like a, she's like a, you know, jumping bean in a very small and close space. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that meant. Cause, well, cause it's like, she always like says that she wants these other things, but then she doesn't. No. Like it's, yeah. We did see her chopping up mushrooms in a very exciting manner with like this curved blade. Yeah. I was like, that is crazy. It was crazy. It was exciting. Yeah. Okay. Um, next, uh, Ye old Tom's auto shoppy. <laughs> right. So Tom's decided what he's going to do mm-hmm. is open up a car repair shop. Yeah. So he's like looking for a place and he goes with Mary and they look for that. Yeah, sure. And so they're doing that on the way to go see Matthew Good racing in some cars. Yeah. Which again, like how long is it going to be before? Cause everybody's like pushing her in this direction. Yeah. And I'm like, everybody, including Tom, who is like, like Tom's majorly... got a major boner for this guy. Yeah. And, like, in a very, like, inappropriate way. Yeah. In a way where it's like, you're lucky he wants to bone your sister-in-law because (laughs) otherwise he would not put up with you. Yeah. So, Tom is all like, oh, Mary, you should, like, hook up with this guy. But, like, nobody's like, oh, by the way, remember how your first husband died in an automobile accident? Yeah. Well, this person is statistically much more likely for that to happen to him. Yeah, very much Uh, so. And you're already one for one. Yeah. So, you know, get Daisy to do the math. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, Tom is, like, 
mad shipping this relationship like in front of them and it's like what do you even care dude because they all go and like matthew good is racing a car because he's like bought a new car and he's like testing it out Mm -hmm. and then tom's like hey you know let's all go have a drink and the other guy who's there he's like i hate all of you (laughs) and tom's like oh we can all go and then matthew goes like yeah sure whatever yeah and then tom says to mary you don't have to marry him, but let him have this moment. I'm like, this was barely a, this was not even a race. Yeah. He was just trying out a new car, you weirdo. He was just dicking around with a buddy. Yeah. Maybe if you had any friends, you would know what that's like. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's then true. they're I at did the manage pub. To piss off my brother in law in like two months. <laughs> they're at the pub and Mary's like, my husband wasn't a pub man. Bah. <laughs> that's true. And I'm like, when will you just be Miss Havisham? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, they're there and Tom basically is like, you know, why don't you just say, I like you and I want to spend more time with you. And I'm like, they're like, because we don't necessarily feel like, that and way. And that's what Mary keeps saying. She's yeah. like, I don't really have anything in common with this guy yeah. except that he is hot. Yeah. And then it's not a good enough reason. Mm-hmm. And she points out she doesn't want to be, you know, bigger than her husband. Right, right. And Tom's like, you know, rhetoric. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, nah, dude, I don't care about feelings or like the new way. Yeah. It's how she feels. Because he was like, well, what about Matthew? And she's like, uh, he was the heir to this earldom. Yeah. Like, Like, hello. He wasn't raised as the heir to this earldom. Right. But he still was it. Exactly. Anyway, um, I'm sure that's all going to continue to peter along. Yeah. Speaking of things that will continue to peter along, next we come to Denker gonna dink. Ah! So Denker, still part of all our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Despite her blessed absence last week. So she runs into Dr. Clarkson and like yells at him for betraying uh, the Dowager. She calls him a traitor. Yeah. And I'm like, you keep using that word. <laughs> I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah. So Clarkson is like, you're going way too far, lady. And he writes a letter to the dowager being like, uh, what up with your maid? Yeah. And Check herself before she wreck herself. Yeah. And the dowager gets this letter while uh, having lunch or whatever with Isabel or, you know, Isabel is tea, visiting. Yeah, possibly. Sure. We don't know. Write us letters. <laughs> yeah. Explain tea. <laughs> um, and immediately, like, flips out and fires Danker. She's like, you can stay tonight, but you got to leave tomorrow. And Tom was so excited. I was like, Tom? I know. I, I was like, Isabel's going to talk her out of it or some horse shit. Like, don't even be excited because we know Julian Fellows cannot put anyone on a bus. Yeah. And it was true. Uh, basically, Danker tells Spratt that she will rat him out for having sheltered his fugitive nephew unless Spratt endeavors to let her keep her job. So Spratt does. Although we do get some really fun scenes of Spratt before he goes and advocates for her being mm-hmm. like, uh, Spratty Badger don't care. Yeah. Like he is like reading the paper. Mm-hmm. He's humming. <laughs> he's so happy. He's our Spratt the way Spratt should be. Yeah. Unencumbered by Danker. Yeah. But he sad- did ask her if she was drunk. <laughs> yes. That <laughs> was she, great. Which she sassed the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now, now Denker says that she's just going to keep blackmailing Spratt forever. So. I wish she would die. Yeah. Um, Edith stay out. Yes. So Edith has been contacted by, what the hell is his name? Pelham? Bertolomus? <laughs> Bertie Pelham? I think it is Bertie Pelham. I think it is. Okay. Yeah. 
I was like, I just think everyone's named Bertie. Right. So we could be wrong, but that's, I believe so that's So anyway, correct. uh, Bert calls yeah. and he's like, Hey, I'm going to be in London. Let's hang out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, all right. <laughs> and like, she says that to the family and then they keep all being like, Ooh. <laughs> and she's like, it's not a date. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, then what is it, Edith? Mm-hmm. Like men and women are not friends in this time. Right. Men and women aren't friends now. <laughs> yeah. It's generally true. I watched when Harry met Sally. Right. Well, that was actually a period piece at this <laughs> Th- point. That's a good point. You know, yes. I watched, um, you know, uh, what's a recent movie? We don't really watch. <laughs> Not romantic comedies. No, no. We haven't Something's got to give? No. Uh, <laughs> think like a man? I don't sure. know. Uh, the best man holiday. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying movies now. Yeah. Uh, okay, so she goes to London and she has to interview a bunch of prospective uh, editors. Editors, yes. And she finds one, the last one, coincidentally, yeah, yeah, uh, who was born in ninety two, as was Edith. And it's it, that's a great scene. Yes, that more was very scenes nice. like this, mm-hmm. you know, more more Bechtel friendly scenes. Yeah, and Edith was generally very good throughout this episode. Uh-huh. Yeah, like all so she's got her new her. editor, and then she is asked uh, Bertie over to her flat mm-hmm. to have drinks. And then go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're talking and drinking. And then she's like, oh, let's go head out. And, like, he's putting her coat on her. And they have a moment. And they smooch. Yeah. And he's like, oh. He's like, okay. He's like, I was worried that you were, like, not going to be into it. And yeah. uh, she has some weird excuse. Yeah. Or something. I forget exactly. But it's like, you know, they're like, yeah, all right. This yeah. Is, and then yeah. they're like, oh, let's go have dinner and dancing. Yeah. And yeah. be nor- It was the most romantic thing that's happened on this show. Yeah, it really was. it's just two, like, normie normos mm-hmm. hanging out, doing what normos do. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. I hope this goes well. I hope it does, too. Um, I really do. Because... I, I think this would be... This would really be pushing it if, if they drop a piano on pelham like oh my god i won't stand for it yeah like we'll keep podcasting well right but like we'll be real dicks about it <laughs> well yes <laughs> next up we've got top chef mrs hughes <laughs> uh yeah spoiler alert she is uh up for elimination this week. yeah she sure is yeah she better get immunity in the next quick fire or <laughs> Yeah. Judge Tom Carson's going to send her packing. Yeah. I mean, basically the issue is that Mrs. Hughes, who has not cooked in the last 40 years, turns out not to be a great cook. I am surprised. Right. Uh, Carson, not super uh, nice about it. No, he's so mean. Yeah, he's very well, mean Well, because about they it. get Mrs. Patmore to pack them a hamper mm-hmm. so that they can eat at home. But, you know, she's just given her, like, the raw ingredients, and then Mrs. Hughes has cooked them. And, like, as soon as she brings things out, mm-hmm. Carson's like, oh, the plate is cold, and these are not cooked properly, and yeah. why is there lamb in with the veg? And yeah. Mrs. Hughes is like, I like lamb in it. And he's just a dick. And yes. then later, he comes in and thanks Mrs. Patmore for the hamper, but he says, perhaps you can give Mrs. Hughes a lesson. And Mrs. Hughes is literally yeah, right, right there. right there, yeah. So he needs to learn that being a butler and being a husband aren't the same thing. Yeah, which is uh, a very natural thing to be happening. Because yeah, I, one yeah. can see how he would not understand that. No, but, he but I did I did turn to Tom and say, thanks for not being a cranky old butler when we got <laughs> married. Yeah. And just being a cranky old you. Yeah, it's a different scenario. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Law & Order Anticlimax. We can pretty much do this in two lines. Yeah. So... Miss Baxter goes to testify against old Julie McJulefeef, uh-huh. and as soon as he sees that she came, he changes his plea to guilty, and everyone goes home. 
like the at times it's like fellows and neem are just pushing this like beckettian like minimalist experiment on some of these <laughs> plot lines like how little can happen in how many episodes oh my god i and this is i would say it's more pinter-esque okay fair enough because you can see that interesting things have happened <laughs> yeah. to some people <laughs> And you're like, well, why are we not hanging out with those people? And Harold Pinter's like, because. <laughs> well, they showed up on set that day. They're like, so did somebody cast this jewel thief? And they're <laughs> like, ah, uh, no, we rewrote that. Yeah, it's different. It's been different. He decides it's- not to testify. Yeah. And so that's what these past episodes have been leading up to is mm-hmm. nothing happening. Great. That's just Baxter in a nutshell. Yeah, that's... No, she's not even going to hook up with Molesley. I know. Like, they've been setting the stage for that the longest of all, and it's never even going to happen. Yeah. Because she is, like, the human equivalent of, like, tapioca in a bag. Yeah. Well, and she can't stop making that face long long enough to have a romantic, you know, plot line. No, she can't. Which brings us to the (laughs) non-anti-climax, which we've decided to call blood pudding. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Holy moly. Okay, well, we can't even get to that part yet because right. what's going on is we're in the death throes of this of this whole hospital debate, which right. has essentially been settled yeah. at this point because literally everybody is like, Violet, you're literally being crazy. Right, but she's got one last trick to play. And she gets the Minister of Health, uh, Lord Chamberlain, mm-hmm. to come to dinner. And everybody's like, how'd she do that? How'd she do that? How? <laughs> uh, we find out later, in a, it's, the way that this whole scene plays out is so weird. Yeah, yeah. So he shows up. And everybody's like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah. it's like Pat Moore came upstairs. Yeah. And, and like Tom pulls him away and he's like, oh, you know, rich people. Right. And so they all go sit down and like Chamberlain is like, I was like soups not planning on being embroiled in this whole thing. Right. I thought you all knew what was going on and I did not think it was going to be a battle royale. Yeah. And so they all keep talking and then uh, Lord Grantham is like, uh, could we stop fighting? Because... I need to vomit blood on everyone. Oh my god, you guys. It was like... Well, because, you know, Kelly had a feeling he was going to have a heart attack. Yeah, I was was chanting. Enough. But uh, this, like, we did not expect... So luckily, Dr. Clarkson was at dinner. It was like, look, we watched Crimson Peak last night. Yeah, and it was a comparable amount of blood. <laughs> yeah. Like, for the running time. <laughs> so, Dr. Clarkson, like, is there and he gets things. They call the ambulance, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, everybody's kind of, like, preparing to leave. That is when Tom has this conversation with Lord Chamber, like, well, how, how did, you know, uh, Lady Grantham get you to come here? But it turns out that he was... Uh, the brother of this prankster, and they dug a trench across Piccadilly, and yeah. like she knew that, and like I don't, it was it was dumb, and it was like these schoolboy pranks, and like you know the hero of the show is currently dying, <laughs> right? Uh, but then we have like even as they're preparing to the hospital, like uh, McGee is like talking to Chamberlain, like saying like yeah, we're going ahead with this plan for yeah, the new yeah, hospital. Yeah. She's like fuck all these bitches, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, the count, the dowager countess, like says, you know, send all of her love to her goddaughter or whatever that yeah. she knows him through, and then they have a little tete a tete about like 
no more secrets or something that doesn't right. totally make sense. It doesn't. It, All it seems to do is serve as a vehicle for uh, the Dowager to say something, something Marigold and for Mary to hear that. Right. And then Mary, once she gets back from the hospital, Lord Grantham seems like he's going to be fine. Yeah, they performed an operation. The prognosis seems restrained yeah. optimism. So anyway, Mary gets back with Edith, and Edith's like, I'm going to go check on the children, and Mary's like, of course you are. <laughs> and then she goes, and Anna's undressing her, and Mary looks like in a daze. Yeah. And not for the reason that you'd think, which is that she very <laughs> nearly saw her dear old dad bite it at the dinner table. Yeah. She's asking Anna, uh, is there any talk in the servants' hall about Marigold? And Anna's like, no, like, like everybody we- thinks it's like weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and Mary's like, is that all? And Anna's like, what do you want me to say? Right. Mary's like, I'm too tired to talk about this. And I'm like, who could possibly even care at this point? At this point, like, really? Like, come on, really? you already evicted the fucking farm people. Yeah. Like, the Drews are gone, everybody's gone, everybody... Well, and it's not like Bertie's gonna give a shit. Yeah. He already knows that she had this guy and she, like, lives in his house now. Right, right. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And who else, who else would care? I don't know, man. I just don't know. I don't either. Well, because it, it's not like, you know, Tom's not gonna let her poison the other children against her. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So, we're heading into territories. Right. Um, next week... The Dowager seems to be continuing in the same vein of this, like, let's not... Right. But surely this is the end. Like, I, I just, surely... Uh, like, way to put one of our favorite characters in a completely untenable position. Yeah. But uh, Robert seems to be fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ish. Based on They're the... opening the house to the public for charity for a day mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Um. And then presumably Mary is going to continue to be a huge bitch. Yeah. About Marigold. So, so it would seem. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are in the middle of the last season of Downton. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I liked that scene. Yeah, that scene was great. I wish there were better scenes, like more of him and more of Edith. Yeah. So more dying Lord Grantham, more <laughs> Edith, period. All right. Sounds good. All right. So that's it. We'll be back uh, next week. We oh, will right. be a day late next week. Yes. We apologize. So there will be no commercials breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we are traveling and we are unfortunately going to be like in an airport. Right. Uh, when, when, it airs. when it airs. Um, and the Wi-Fi is notoriously spotty. Yeah. And difficult to handle. Yeah. So. Um, so we probably won't get that to you till Monday. Correct. Of next week. And then the following week will possibly also be slightly delayed because we are driving back from a southerly location. Yeah. So probably, yeah, that will probably be sometime Sunday night. But in any case, they'll both be a little delayed. Uh, sorry. But, you know. Yeah. Hang in there, baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, till next time. <laughs>